Phoenix did a good job of muddying up the game in the second half. What did it take for you guys to be able to prevail? Uh, we just had to stay locked in. Uh, they went a uh, zone for a while, and we were kind of, you know, uh, you know, flustered a little bit, but we had to, you know, stay poised. For you, a career-high 14 assists. Just talk about uh, stepping into this starting position and how it's asking a lot of different things from you, not only just the assists, but defensively on Booker. Uh, you know, defense is my, you know, defense is my game. Uh, I hang my hat on defensive end. Uh, I, take, I do whatever it takes for our team to win. So today, you know, I need to get in the paint and distribute. That's exactly what I did, and my teammates knocked, made me look good and knocked down a shot. How important is it for you guys to be able to get this one after beating Boston before heading out on this four-game road trip out east? Uh, very important. I feel like we got to do a better job of taking care of home, which we've been doing lately. Uh, we got to continue to do that, and, you know, it's a long road trip, so we got to be great. I got, I got, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA. Wanted to start out the podcast a little bit differently there, as you heard from Corey Joseph, career high. Uh, 14 assists uh, for CJ here in the game as the Sacramento Kings win again. Oh, but there's a caveat. There might even be a couple of caveats. Kings win. That's the most important thing. Nothing else matters, right? Win-loss column, 120 to 116. I guess you could say the Kings avenge the opening night loss to the Phoenix Suns, who fall to 7-6. and six. Kings move to 6-5 and five now. You heard Kenny Hunter there that the mention, uh, mentioned that the Kings are headed off on a four-game road trip here in a few days. As a matter of fact, the next time we talk to each other will be after the game against Brooklyn on Friday night. There's a lot to break down here with this game. We're so happy you are here with us on the Sacramento Kings podcast presented by HoopBall and the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. I am Damian Barling. Again, thank you so much for downloading, streaming, and thank you so much for listening wherever you may be at, whatever time of the day you are listening. Appreciate those on Apple Podcasts who have rated and reviewed the show. If you haven't done that yet, come on, man, we're deep into the season now. Kings are playing well. Give us a little five-star review. You got to dig what you're listening to. You keep coming back for more, don't you? And again, we really appreciate it. If you could hit the five-star review there on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast platform you're on, and if it allows you to rate it, uh, please do if you got an and that literally takes a split second just open up your phone go to apple podcast right where you're listening to the podcast boom look at all those stars boom hit the fifth one you're good to go if you got an extra 60 to 90 seconds and you want to leave us a little rating a little review that would be fantastic we love it all we love each and every one of you again uh, for tuning in here to the broadcast greatly appreciate it so the kings win uh 120 to 116 and I mentioned there's a caveat there. So let's touch on the good things. You know, I was really debating this as the fourth quarter was going along. You know, the Kings did not play, you know, particularly well from the second part of the third quarter into the fourth. As a matter of fact, the Kings were Kings won the game in the first quarter. It's, it, it really kind of is that simple. Uh, the Kings had a huge first quarter. They won uh, 33 to 19, and they were outscored in the second half, 71 to 58. Um, their play, and remember, at one point through this game, they had a 26-point lead. Their play from the midway point of the third quarter through the final buzzer was absolutely dreadful. It's one of those games where you just, one, it felt like it was never going to end, and two, when you finally got to drop the thank God this game is over, there were multiple meanings to it. One, thank God this game is over because there were multiple referee reviews, uh, the uh, Suns were using all of their fouls, all of their timeouts, trying to extend the game the best they could, and to their credit, it was working. Uh, they were hitting threes. They were getting baskets. Just thankfully, the Sacramento Kings were able to hit their free throws. Uh, but you're also saying, man, thank God this game is over because all of the momentum was behind 
the Phoenix Suns, even, you know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, I was debating like, okay, you know, what's really the focal point of this show? I think it's pretty obvious. Bogdan Bogdanovich. And there's a couple of different points to talk about with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, career high, 31 points. Uh, career high, seven threes. Uh, but he did leave the game with about a minute left. Uh, and he was kind of, kind of like he he grabbed like the back of his 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 leg, like his lower glute, maybe his hamstring. Uh, I, I I heard uh, Katie mention on a report his his hip. So I don't I don't I don't really know what it was. Uh, he stayed on the bench. He didn't go back to the locker room. Uh, he was high fiving guys as the game was coming to an end. He, he, appearances were he was okay. Uh, you don't really want to try to diagnose and play doctor and figure out what went on there. But the, the point with Bogdan Bogdanovich tonight is it was Bogdan Bogdanovich's night. Uh, 31 points, career high. Seven threes, career high. And I, I'm debating like, okay, what's the, what's the what's the story of this game here as the fourth quarter is winding down? Because I never feel like the Kings were in danger of losing the game as bad as that fourth quarter got. I didn't really feel like the Kings were in danger of losing that game until the final three and the lead was just completely cut down. And then it was like, uh-oh. All right, th- this this would be insane. This would absolutely this would be insane if they lose this game. I don't think they're going to, but I'm really uncomfortable right now. And I, and I didn't want to be the you know the ultra critical, super negative guy who starts so and just says yeah the Kings won, but I can think back to uh, if you remember Kobe Bryant's last game at the Staples Center. Lakers were really bad that year. It was Kings versus Lakers, and I distinctively remember the Kings had a massive lead. Uh, Kobe Bryant left the game. Second team went on a run, and the 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 Sleep Train Arena was kind of robbed of their 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 farewell farewell farewell. Easy for me to say, they were robbed of their farewell to Kobe Bryant because the Lakers made the run, and Kobe was like, "Well, let him finish, close this game out. We've got a chance to win this." And he never came back in the game. And I recall Kings wound up winning a very 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 close game, very competitive, very loud, incredible to watch. And I remember a couple of different players, and forgive me for not specifically remembering who, I remember guys saying, man, it, it felt like we lost. Like we, we got the win, and, and that's good. But the way that we played in that second half, especially against a team that wasn't playing well, it, it really did feel like we lost that game. I don't know that the Kings are going to feel like they lost this game. Wins and loss, all that matters is that they got, you know, they got the number. The number went up in the win column. But that was a really, you're not taking momentum with you to Brooklyn. You don't, you don't have any weight behind you. Like, you played your best basketball in the first quarter. Played pretty well there in the second quarter, too. Again, they were able to take a 14-point lead and build it all the way up to 26. So I don't want to frame it as they didn't accomplish anything after the first, first quarter. That, that's not very true. That's not true. Um, from the second in, in, until midway through the third, they were, they were plus 12. It's just once it, it's like it got bad for the Kings and then it got really, really bad. Uh, we'll try to take you through this game here uh, the best we can, quarter by quarter. Of course, we'll bring you uh, the sound from Luke Walton as well. Uh, the story, again, Bogdan Bogdanovich, his career night, uh, but it should be noted, a tremendous start to the game by Rashawn Holmes as well. He wound up finishing with 20 points and 15 rebounds. Great start to the game from Nemanja Bialica. Really solid game from Dwayne Dedman as well. Uh, we're going to do something a little bit different, though, because I still got the TV on in front of me. I've got the podcast on in front of me. They're 
Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is up here at the table with Jerry Reynolds, and let's see if we can get an a, a, a update on how he's feeling. I, I don't want to be soft, you know, and uh, I try to finish the game. I, I kind of play through the, through the pain and through the cramp the uh, whole second half, but, you know, I was just fighting, and last minute when I was um, running backwards, I felt the cramp and I had to sit down. You know, and um, but it's a good win. You know, I know my guys can handle it and they can finish this business. You know, and we are a great group of guys. And thanks to them for finish the dinner. <laughs> they finished well, it. Well, one thing, Bogey, I don't think everybody's going to accuse you of being soft. I've never heard that term <laughs> yeah. used in uh, with you. So I, you know me. <laughs> yeah, I do. And so that's not a possibility. Obviously, a great game. You, you know, the one thing that strikes me about your game, though, and I've said this so often, uh, besides the fact, you know, your skill set would fit with any team in the league, you know, you, you have that ability. Uh, but I, I really believe you're you're one of those rare guys that can go play in the 80s. You know, with the, with the more structure. I mean, really, it's it's such nobody, a nobody same told me this. You know, that's, well, that's I, a big I'm compliment. old, so I know these things. Thank you. <laughs> they but, say but, they say NBA was tougher back in the times, right? Well, it was more physical. Okay. There's no doubt <laughs> about that. But, but you you would have definitely. Uh, uh, Thank you. You would have handled that very well, and and you know the more structured half court game would almost fit you very well. I mean, um, I just want to add on it like. Uh, th that's the reason why they brought me here. You know, I was a great half-court player overseas, and uh, um, I know that um, ball movement, you know, the pick-and-roll game, I think I'm really great in it, and uh, we're really using it. Well, you're fun. You know, I know in Europe. I mean, you guys are trained. Your fundamental skill sets. I mean, you're yeah. from 12 years old. Uh, you know, you're taught the complete game, and it certainly it shows up here. Uh, probably some of the American players aren't trained as well to in today's game. Yeah, it's different culture. Different culture here. Yeah, um, they're more focused on uh, individual moves. You know, to get themselves ready, which is also good. You know, it gets you ready for for life too. Um, over there is more like a chess. You know what I'm doing on this move, what is the rotations, and um, it's like a chess game, you know. The, how they move, I'm attacking or defending or, you know. Well, it shows up, I mean, with a, you know. A nice little conversation there with uh, Jerry Reynolds and Bogdan Bogdanovich, as I mentioned, we'll bring you Luke Walton here uh, as well. So I, 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 I'm a bit unclear. I don't know if he meant like a, a literal cramp or figuratively he felt himself cramp, cramp up. Either way, it sounds like it's it's nothing serious. I don't know that we ever thought it was anything, you know, truly serious. It's just when uh, you see a player. I, I hate when a player, like, reaches for something, which is what uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich did in that situation. Like, he kind of reached back and grabbed the back of his leg, especially when you're grabbing your hamstring. It's like, oh, wait a minute. And it didn't, it, and I th I don't think he was using the cramp, like he, he was saying he was cramping up, like, in the literal sense. I think he was saying, he, you know, he felt a pain there uh, because we all know, man, when – Dude, if you get a cramp in your hamstring or like in your lower glute, man, it death is pro, death is a better feeling. Like I'd rather die than feel that. Uh, he kind of kind of grabbed it and looked confused for a second, and then walked off the floor. If you continue to watch the game, or if you didn't get a chance to see the game, he he was kind of jumping around. He was moving around, just indicating, hey, everything is is all good. When he was walking through the the high five line, the handshake line, everything seemed to be okay. So it's good to hear from Bogdan Bogdanovich that uh, he he doesn't feel it's anything serious. He was just trying to tough it out. But I I did find that part interesting. He said he was trying to tough it out. So maybe he was feeling discomfort throughout the game. You know, Jerry didn't really, you know, elaborate on that anymore. They, they you know, they started talking about the game. And uh, I, I don't know if, if he was feeling uncomfortable during the game and it just got kind of to the point where maybe it was a little bit sharper 
in because he was talking about he 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 didn't want to be soft. He didn't want to miss the end of the game. He was just trying to play through it. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. We'll see how this develops over the course of the next few days. Maybe Luke Walton will be uh, asked about it. Of course, the Kings don't take on the Brooklyn Nets uh, until Friday. I'm going to guess they I, – I, I, I don't really know their travel schedule. I don't know if they're going to leave tomorrow or they're going to leave uh, Thursday. Either way, I imagine they're going to practice or at least look at film uh, here in Sacramento tomorrow. So uh, any type of update on that, of course, we'll bring it to you. Uh, of course, if we get it from Luke Walton tonight, we'll have it tonight. If not, we'll have it on the next edition of the Sacramento Kings podcast. So as I mentioned, the Kings got off to a pretty fast start. Uh, 33 points in the first quarter, uh, 14-point lead when the quarter was all over. Again, Rashawn Holmes played really well. I think Buddy had seven. But Buddy had a, a, a relatively quiet game. I mean, he was he was 3 of 14. I think most of those points came there uh, in the first quarter. He finished the game with 12 points, 4 assists, uh, 5 rebounds. Uh, and again, he contributed to the strong start that the Sacramento Kings had. Nemanja Bielitsa, uh, he had seven in the second quarter. He picked up his third foul, though, with about uh, nine minutes left and wound up sitting down till halftime. And then the second quarter is where Bogdan Bogdanovich really just started to kind of take over the game and and and, and start marching towards those career highs. He went, he went nuts. He was four of six from three at one point. He was six of nine from the field. He had 18 points. Uh, the Kings were absolutely rolling at halftime. They had 23 baskets on 18 assists. 23 made field goals. On 18 assists, that is a tremendous number. Then when you look at his, uh, how well Rashawn Holmes was playing, how well Nemanja Bielitsa was playing despite the early foul trouble, and how well Bogdan Bogdanovich was playing, even though they, they you know, they 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 struggled just ever so slightly in the final two minutes, it was like, hey, this is good to go. And I started thinking at halftime, like this, this very well may be the performance of the year for the Sacramento Kings. Might not be their best defensive effort. And don't and, and please don't get that mistaken either. When you go back to the first quarter, they were hitting shots at a high clip. Like they were shooting, I think, 62.3% uh, there in the first quarter. They didn't fall off much of there in the second quarter, but they were also playing really good defense. And that's been the benchmark. I can't believe I'm about to utter this sentence. Defense has been the benchmark for the Sacramento Kings over the course of the last four games or so. As the fourth quarter was developing, even as it didn't look great for the Kings, there was still a point where I thought, they're going to hold the Suns under 100 points. Now, that that very much wound up not happening as the Suns scored 116. But there was a point where I thought, man, are we, are we potentially looking at the fourth straight game where the Sacramento Kings defense holds a team under 100 points? I mean, they're coming off that thrilling 199 victory against the uh, Boston Celtics, uh, who beat the Suns last night, by the way. Uh, that that brutal loss to the Los Angeles Lakers, but the score in that game was 99 to 97. They beat the Trailblazers, you know, in the game before that, 107 to 99. And I, I, the Kings are starting to put together a a nice little sample size of solid defensive efforts. It's frustrating that this game was, you know, kind of taken over there at the end by turnovers and just overall sloppiness uh, by the Sacramento Kings uh, because they had a really solid defensive effort again for the fourth straight game. Uh, they had a really solid defensive effort through the first half and really through the first two and a half quarters. I still thought once they got to the fourth quarter that they were going to be able to keep them under that 100-point marker. Uh, again, again, obviously, that didn't happen. It's not a big deal that it didn't happen. Uh, but it, it, don't let the final score fool you. The Kings played, and don't let the hot shooting fool you either. The Kings played really, really good defense uh, 
uh, at the start of this game. They turn the ball over a little more than I imagine Luke Walton is is going to be okay with. Uh, he can he can eat a certain amount of turnovers and be fine with it. Uh, they turned the ball over 19 times tonight. Uh, they wound up ending with 28 assists. So that tells you a little bit. Like think about that. Remember we just mentioned that the Kings were outscored 71 to 58 in the second half. Remember the other stat we just gave you. The Kings had uh, 18 assists on 23 made baskets. So 18 assists in the first half and only 10 in the second. There was a scoring drought that lasted right in the vicinity of four minutes long. I think it was there at the end of the third heading into the fourth. It was about a four-minute stretch where the Sacramento Kings didn't they didn't score. And a lot of that had to do with it. we saw what we saw through the first five games of the season. We saw a whole lot of inbounding the ball. Guy bringing the ball up the court, guy going one-on-one with somebody, guy missing the shot, Suns getting in transition, getting a basket and cutting into that lead. So that 26-point lead, it's it's you look at it and it's like, ah, it's shrinking. It's really shrinking. Like it, I think it was 26, it got to 12 as it headed into the fourth. And then it was nine. And I there was I distinctly remember a bad Devin Booker pass. I think that's ultimately what saved the day for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, a bad Devin Booker pass, it, it led to a turnover. Corey Joseph got his 10th assist on that play. Bogdan Bogdanovich got his 26th point. Uh, the Kings were able to score again a couple of minutes later. It wound up being five straight points for the Kings, and you thought, okay, that's it. We put them away. I was already playing in the podcast. It was at that point where I was like, okay, this. even though the, the Suns made a run, we all know that basketball is a game of runs. It's It's not really a big deal that they made a run, which Hey, it's good. It happens. But it actually, that wasn't the end of the game. It, it it got much, much worse in the final, what was it, like two and a half minutes? Not just worse from a fan perspective, uh, not just worse from a Kings fan perspective. That that was difficult to sit through. Uh, the stoppages, uh, the reviews, the timeouts, the free throws, the game. I think the final two minutes probably took about just shy of 20 minutes and that might be a little bit of an exaggeration but it sort of felt like it and i'm and i saying all of this i'm 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 poo-pooing all of this and i haven't even mentioned yet that i i, I want to double check this before i say it i think the kings led they did wire to wire <laughs> they led the entire game they never trailed overall a, a really good effort by the sacramento kings there's plenty of good to break down in this film there's plenty of good, particularly there to the first half. Uh, you want to stretch it a little further, you can go through the first two and a half quarters. There's a lot of really, really good stuff that the Sacramento Kings can take away in terms of ball movement, in terms of defense, in terms of effort on the offensive and defensive side of the floor. And I don't know, you know, not that the effort hasn't been there offensively for the Sacramento Kings, but we saw them uh, hitting shots at a really high clip. As I mentioned, 62% there, 62.3% there in the, in the first quarter. Uh, so there's a lot of good there in the two and a half. But if you if you want to if Luke Walton wants to get into his team a little bit as this four game road trip gets underway, where they're they've got winnable games coming up here against the Brooklyn Nets. I don't know if Kyrie Irving's going to be playing in this game or not. Uh, they've got the Washington Wizards after that. Uh, Boston Celtics are coming up for a second time. I imagine the I, I I I don't know this for sure, but I imagine the Boston Celtics are are, are looking forward to that game. And I can tell you there are some. I, I spoke with some people in the Celtics organization. You'll never guess who, but they're pretty high on the Sacramento Kings. It was, hey, conversation after that game was, yeah, I think the Kings might make the playoffs. 
you know, looking around at the, the, the landscape of the Western Conference, is Portland going to be able to recover from this? We saw Carmelo Anthony make his debut tonight. I love Carmelo Anthony. I'm a Carmelo Anthony fan. Did not go well. As a matter of fact, I think it went like most people thought it would, which is unfortunate because I was really advocating for Carmelo Anthony to be back in the league. I think he deserves a chance to at least, you know, finish his career a little bit grace, you know, with some grace, gracefully. Uh, yeah, no, didn't, didn't, didn't go well. Four fourteen for Carmelo tonight, ten points. But I, but I say that this isn't the you know Trailblazers podcast network. This is the Sacramento Kings podcast network. But I say that is, you know, we talk about how each season there you know, there are like many seasons within a season. I don't know that Portland. I don't know if Portland has it in them to do what they did last year. You know, not it, it, Portland didn't fall super behind last year, but there was there was a stretch where it was like okay, Portland had like a. Mediocre start, like a fine start. Nothing to get excited about. Nothing really to get down about. It was just kind of there. And then they got hot, and it was like, oh, man, these guys are good. And then obviously they did what they did in the playoffs. They had the big dramatic finish to the playoffs, or, uh, to the to the Oklahoma series, uh, Oklahoma City series in the playoffs. Uh, there are other teams that I don't believe in. I don't believe in the Minnesota Timberwolves. All right, And I don't particularly think that the team we saw tonight, the Phoenix Suns, I, I, I love Monty Williams. I love what he's doing. I, I, I think it's nice to have DeAndre Ayton coming back. But I'm not confident, and, and part of this is recency. This is, It's my memory. It's I don't know if recency bias is the, protect, the, the, the correct term to use here, but I feel like they're doing what the Kings did last year. And I can tell you, it's not going to be sustainable. Monty Williams is going to have to get those guys to play defense at some point. And I'm sure they're all capable, and I'm sure they'll be significantly more capable when DeAndre Ayton returns. But he's still a ways away from returning, and we'll see what they look like uh, when their big guy finally steps on the floor. Let's hear what Luke Walton has to say here after the Kings win again. A lesson that hopefully we learn and still got to win. I, you know, I, I know it didn't feel great the way we played uh, in that second half, but... Uh, NBA games are never over, and our guys stuck together, scrapped it out, and even though it wasn't pretty and they scored 70 in the second half against us after we've been really good defensively uh, in the first half tonight and the previous few games, um, we've, we've got it out of win. So we'll take, you know, it's it, it, any win in this league is hard to come by, so we'll take that uh, and hopefully learning a lesson while doing it. Uh, I thought Bogey was great tonight. I don't, we don't know about his hamstring. Uh, we just know that uh, he's back there with the trainers right now. So hopefully it's nothing too serious. Uh, Corey, 14 assists tonight, making winning plays all over the place for us. Uh, having to, to, to step up uh, was was huge for us too. Um, that's all I got. Just can you talk a little bit, sorry, Katie Hunter, Kings TV. Luke, can you talk a little bit about kind of facing a zone that's not something that yeah. you know you see a whole lot for extended time but they absolutely yeah, threw it, at you. It, it slowed us down a little bit um but it, that's good for us uh, a lot of teams are throwing zones out there and you shouldn't be able to zone us we got too much shooting uh to zone but for whatever reason i don't know if because we had such a big lead tonight but it felt like after playing so unselfish in the first half 17 assists ball flying around side to side it was like, oh, we don't, it felt like to me 
and I'll, I'll I'll get a better feel for it when I watch the tape that we uh, we started trying to to stat hunt a little bit and, and why they were sitting in that zone it mean meant that we weren't finishing our plays we weren't finishing our cuts first open guy was shooting so that's what a zone is supposed to do to you um, and so it's it's good for us to get that much reps against it in a, in an NBA game so we can feel that. Uh, show clips on when we've continued to run our plays we got wide open everything and when we got stagnant their zone stopped us so a uh, good good opportunity for us to grow with that uh, Luke Sean Cunningham ABC 10 can, two guys can you just kind of spotlight bogey the way he played obviously tremendously in that second quarter and then of course uh, Corey Joseph with the way he play made tonight yeah they're, they're um you know those are two of our guys that we rely heavy on and as we've kind of started to um, right the ship from earlier in the season. I mean, those are two guys that they, they've won. Like, Corey's been in the playoffs every single year in his NBA career. He's won an NBA championship. Bogey has played, you know, international ball. He's played in huge games. Um, so these, you know, even though he's somewhat new to the NBA, uh, you know, he, I look at him as more of a vet. So these guys know how to win, and they've been a huge part of why we've had uh, some success, and tonight they, you know, they did it again, uh, and we we needed it. Hey, Luca, uh, Jason Jones, the Athletic. Um, since Corey's been starting, he hasn't shot the ball particularly well, but it seems like defensively and offensively, he's been able to get you get, be a leader out there and get you guys in some good things. Just what's been the value in him having him as a veteran? Even when the ball's not going in for him. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a great point, and you know. The, the, when you're around basketball, you know shots are going to come. You're going to make and miss and get hot. The, the way you you do all the other things, that's uh, you know that kind of, in my opinion, defines if you know are you a winning player? Are you playing for the team? And I think Corey is a prime example of somebody that whether he's making shots or not, he makes his team better. And since um, you know, and, and I'm not going to say just since Corey got into the starting lineup because we were starting to make strides uh, before that. But he sets the tone every night for us. You know, he's picking up point guards. He's fighting over screens. He's coming in, taking charges. Uh, you know, all the little things that, that really add up to winning and losing ball games. He, he does that. And as a team, you know, we talk about our identity, building a culture. When you see uh, guys making those type of sacrifices and, and throwing their bodies in front of bigs now it starts to kind of uh get con get contagious i actually love right there as uh luke walton wraps up that he wasn't particularly thrilled uh coming to the podium he said there's a lot to learn here we we got to win uh that's great we gave up way too many points in the second half uh there's there's plenty uh, that we need to take away from this game he didn't sound thrilled he also didn't sound uh i don't I don't want to stretch it and say he sounded concerned, but he didn't sound as jovial as Bogdan Bogdanovich sounded when he was talking to Jerry Reynolds uh, just a little bit ago. So uh, we'll follow what's going on with Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, as you heard there, Luke Walton, this team's got a lot they got to work on as they head out on this four-game road trip. But all that matters is the Sacramento Kings get the win once again, it is their fourth win in the last five games. We can stretch a little bit further and say it's their seventh win in the last eight games. Is my math right? Probably not, but it doesn't matter. They're not 0-5 anymore. Uh, they're stringing together a nice little uh, uh, stretch of play here 
and the Kings are now one game below 500 with a chance to get even. With a chance to get to seven and seven, we take when they take on uh, the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn coming up on this Friday. Of course, we will have post game coverage for you immediately following that game. Make sure you subscribe here to the Sacramento Kings podcast. Make sure you check out uh, the rest of the podcast over there on the Hoop Ball Podcast Network. Uh, appreciate you as always so much for being a part of this program here. Kings win one twenty to one sixteen. If you want some more podcast content. Check out the podcast with Damian Barling that drops every morning at 5.30 a.m. And check out my brand new health and fitness podcast in the game. I'm Damian Barling. We'll see you Friday immediately following the Sacramento Kings and the Brooklyn Nets.